never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Video Nasty Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. We've already spoken about um, people who have excelled in the region and the realm of regional horror. Um, when we looked at um, honeymoon horror, for that matter, we found a story of a, of a, a person who had kind of beat the way into the centre of. Um, of the community and it used his uh, his skill and it to kind of you know show the world how great he was at uh, at being a filmmaker and then ended up being a, a teacher with this we enter this film i should say enter the devil from 1972 not to be confused with enter the devil from 1974 which is also known as sexist we have a different film a film that was made in texas again but uh, from, the, from a guy called Frank Q. Dobbs, who um, managed to uh, make quite a living out, out of the film, the film industry, even if you, you may not know a huge amount of what he's done. Enter the Devil is, um, has, was in the past lost, effectively. Not, not lost in the sense that um, you know there was no copies anywhere, but lost in the sense that people didn't really care about it. But a few really releases and a, and a loving Blu-ray over in the States has kind of brought this slow burn horror film to, to light again. And we'll talk a little bit about why it might not have done as well initially. But the reality of it was that Enter the Devil had spent at least five years um, tra- traveling around as a support feature for a variety of films, including movies that you will definitely have heard of, such as Beyond the Door, which obviously recently has had a, a very nice Arrow release. But since then, it kind of faded away. Only now, as I've said, to kind of be a, a big deal. Maybe not so much in the UK, but certainly in the US, where it is now definitely seen as a cult classic. Disciples of Death, a nightmare from out of the past. Reborn to turn the hours of darkness into a time of terror. Thank you. 
disciples of death, a nightmare from the past, reborn to create hell on earth. Disciples of death. So the story begins with uh, a guy driving around um, and becomes a, what appears to be a victim of a Delaware worship cult, which in turn kind of kicks off, unsurprisingly, a missing person investigation. So the sheriff in the area, mainly because he, you know, obviously missing persons gives bad press, particularly around election time, gets a guy called Jace, uh, his best state, one of his best state troopers, who's played by David Cass, to um, to look into the disappearance. Now he is joined by um, Doctor Leslie Culvert, who's a uh, an investigator, well, an investigator, a, a, an academic who's interested in weird cults, and she becomes uh, played, and that character played by Irene Kelly, and she becomes uh, into it, and and kind of works out that this cult is uh, brought in and attributed to a fanatical portion of uh, the penitents, uh, centuries-old brotherhood which are operating in what appears to be uh, cave structures in the Texan desert. And uh, we see, you know, all the different bits and bobs, although perhaps for a film called Dance the Devil, I think it, there isn't a terrible amount of spoilers to suggest that during the film, in actual fact, the devil does not indeed enter. What we get instead is an effective, slow-moving, slow-burn horror film that has a, a willingness, despite the fact that it's um, about uh, death cults and, 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 and fanaticism, to kind of keep itself grounded in a, in a reality. Um, it is a low-key, in a sense, therefore, the film... What it does try and do is um, maintain a kind of a, a downbeat kind of feel. I mean, the only reason this investigation is happening is for political reasons in the area, for example. People just kind of want to make the problems go away from this guy who who's been uh, disappeared, you know. And they, there's no there's no really there's no screaming to kind of solve the case as such. It's more of a, an inconvenience for the society, you know, the the, the people the higher ups in the society. And indeed, normally, I suppose, when you see a, a film like this and you see, you know, the phrase, you know, secrets of cults and um, human sacrifice, you'd be more, I would, you know, unsurprised if you'd not be expecting to see a little more, a little bit more uh, action, maybe some uh, floating skulls or whatever, you know. But what we actually see is uh, some kind of low key um, human sacrifice gigs, you know, members wearing hooded robes, they carry torches, all that stuff. And um, they um, they have more in common, probably, um, if you know, a Simpsons fan, with what that how a Simpsons would probably write, uh, you know, a low key brotherhood that are doing uh, these kind of things, almost certainly with Homer tied to a table, and they're trying to sweet talk his way out of it as they approach him with a knife. 
What makes it stand out as a as a horror film and more shocking is some limited elements of the violence there. Although we we see you know very little in terms of gore, there is a uh, a scene where a woman is nailed to a stake and burned alive, and the film is more than willing to um, to kind of show some highlights in terms of that and kind of uh, focus on on again the realism, I suppose, of what that would look like. The film benefits therefore from this desire to, to shock uh, but also um, it's kind of humdrumness in light of um, what is a, a pretty a grim thing kind of makes it more ominous maybe than you'd expect this is not a, a film about you know uh, some of Dennis Wheatley style uh, death cult um, that's kind of raising some kind of sinister effigy that's going to destroy the world. They appear to be people that are doing it for whatever, for you know, for, for zealotry. And that kind of makes it a little bit more believable that, you know, in, in the same way in Wickerman, although that, you know, that obviously is quite um, fantastical, I suppose, in the sense that you've got a guy burning in a giant, uh, uh, you know, uh, sacrifice. But, in this case, it's 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 a it's a little bit more um, believable because you know they're not doing that much <laughs> to kind of make things you know bad or worse, you know. As mentioned, this this regional tax and curiosity was created by uh, basically a guy called Frank Q. Dobbs, um, who's no longer with us. Sadly, died in two thousand and six aged uh, 66 but he was known for a variety of things a screenwriter a film director a film producer cinematographer he'd worked on westerns and tv and uh, and became famous well known in the area because of, of the amount of stuff that he did he originally majored in journalism and minors in english and theater and while he started shooting college promotional films created uh, his own independent western shorts after graduating in 61, he collaborated with Ray Miller on Eyes of Texas, which was a TV magazine show, documentary style and soon headed for Hollywood, entering the film industry by scripting two episodes of Gunsmoke in 65 and 66. Enter the Devil was his first directorial film shot in Legitus, uh, Texas which is a small community area in the South. What makes it work so well for this film is that it's broad, near a national park. It feels um, separate and isolated. And that, that kind of feeling of, of melancholic separation permeates the film. He worked mainly around, you know, Westerns and truth. And I suppose, although this isn't a Western, it does have a kind of Southern um, feel to it, you know, though obviously it's, it's set in modern times. You know, in 2003, he directed Burt Reynolds and Bruce Dern in the TV movie Hard Ground, which is a period Western about a, a Yuma prisoner escapee who plans to take control of elements of the Mexican border by assembling an army of desperados. So why was the film 
Um, why did it slip away? Well, let's not not beat about the bush here. Aside from the fact that there was another film that came out a couple of years later, also called Enter the Devil, the film probably bears a close closeness in terms of tone and what it's trying to achieve with Race with the Devil and the Devil's Reign. These kind of creepy, um, southern fried horror films um, that kind of capitalise on the, on the, on the, the, the wilderness and, and, and the desert. And this entry from from a similar time does kind of fit within it but as we said it's slow moving it's more of a mood piece than a you know a terrifying horror film despite its occasional flirtations with attempted rape and with violence um it's it's in the in the lighter day now when we can reassess it we can see some some nice stuff in it particularly now it's got a nice blu-ray release you know it's 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 not like trying to watch it on a, a muddy ready brown film on vhs it has a you know it, it pops out a lot more although it is incre- as we said incredibly you know um it's um slow and and tries to kind of um unnerve you know So it asked for patience. It also clearly had a limited distribution run. That said, the film has obviously succeeded in um, kind of you know being support a support feature in the in as we've spoken about before, print runs reels that kind of you know tour for um so it, it and because of its title as we've said it, it does sit quite comfortably with things like beyond the door and that's where it sat for for a number of years the film finally got a um a re-release in the in the mid 90s due to something weird video and since then has had various improvements in terms of its of its releases um starting uh obviously with, with with VHS, then DVD, and then a couple of years ago in America, we see a very nice-looking Blu-ray. What we don't see in the UK is any of that. It's uh, still a tricky film to get hold of. Um, possibly not that surprising. Its cast is mainly people who, you know, you if you're a, a, a fan of American TV, may uh, you know, familiar faces, particularly Irene Kelly and um, David Cass, who has um, made, uh, well, David Cass has, has spent a lot of his time um, in, in a variety of, uh, of films. He, in fact, he died only, um, only last month, but had long retired, um, but appeared as, you know, extras and then in through a variety of TV movies, the TV shows and TV movies you may have seen. So there's nothing like that kind of, like, makes people go, oh, you need to watch the X kind of film. Then um, its cult appeal it very much sits within the the low burn gothic arena, um, like this the, you know as you said the southern gothic kind of vibe, rather than um, something that might capture the attention. You know, in, in the same way, in the UK, westerns don't necessarily do as well <laughs> as they do in America. Um, you know the the big expansive of the West is 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 less um, less less sought after, I suppose, as a backdrop for for English people who who um, you know <laughs> don't have as much space. But um, at the same time, it, you know, it just has it didn't capture the imagination, and it, of course, you know, 
if you've got if you put this you know admittedly quite cool cool classic slow burn film against something like race with the devil you know why would you you know would you go after this first or would you rather watch um something that offers a little bit more for its um its, its viewers you know Now, as we've said, I mean, it's it's um, it's a film that hasn't been released over here. It was originally released in 1983 on the Inter-Ocean VHS label, uh, seized potentially due to its devilish themes rather than anything that's in it, if I'm being honest. Um, indeed, the MPAA have released the, released the film PG. So while there's elements that might be a little bit shocking, it's certainly nothing that's going to you know upset too many people. Um, it's a shame, really. It'd be, it'd be a good, it'd be a good release. It's, it's a shame that it's not on, you know, streaming services that you would have thought it'd be an easy pick up, um, you know. But I suppose some films just don't don't gain the traction, and why <laughs> then then others, and you know, why would you release this over some of the stuff? I suppose it's it does feel like something that might pop up in a, in a job lot, but obviously hasn't. But you know. I would if you if you if you if you're there on a Sunday afternoon and you're after something a little bit somber and low key and and you know kind of although hardly grabs the attention but kind of makes a general feel of unease then uh, I would recommend giving it a go. This rock hound Jace by the name of Ozzy Perkins took a vacation trip out of Houston down into the Bend. Now he's long overdue on a return, so I told Houston you go down there and have a look around. Fresh start in the morning and have the whole day. Damn it, Jace, you'll have all the time it takes. Look, boy, this is election year. Now, I don't want no open cases on election day. Go ahead, get cleaned up, huh? And uh, don't get too attached to that lip brush, boy. That's got to go. Tom, I had a hot day tonight. Pretty good possibility. <laughs> You're something else. You know that. Maybe you ought to start off down at Glenn Phelps' place. A lot of tourists stop in there, coming and going. And doesn't that little... Uh, Right, apologies yet again for being slow to get this up, this out. We will, I will, I promise you, I will get back onto this, particularly considering what we're talking about next. If you want to get hold of me, though, please do. My email address is videonastypodcast.gmail.com. You get me on Twitter, it's at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to the website, thelasthorrorpodcast.com or videonastypodcast.com. Leave any messages or any of the comments. Uh, Next week, we are back in with Norman Warren. And his um, sci-fi horror in Semnoid, which is as, as in good taste as you'd expect a film called Insemnoid to be. So until then, take care and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video? Oh, Have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. <laughs>